Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to take a moment and let y'all know that we've been in the midst of a three-day meeting. You know, a while ago, Apostle... She kind of put this together, and uh, you know we've talked several times and throughout the years, and we've got a got a lot of people in the church that just love God, and a lot of people that just want to tell about God, and we've got evangelists and ministers and deacons and elders and everything. We've got a full church full of people. Every one of us can get up here and do this, and it's it's not really speaking in public is just telling how God loves you and how you love God and telling about his word which you know is a goal that as a new Christian we should always all want to do and that's just where we are we're just letting people spread their wings you know kind of get out there Uh, you don't necessarily hear me preach a lot and you don't necessarily hear Adam preach a lot you don't hear Kobe preach a lot and and I've got a trick question for you this is just to lighten the mood a little bit. Do y'all know what the difference in mine and Kobe and Adam's hair is? Can y'all see any difference? We'll, we'll talk after church. So, so I was just going to say it was a little whiter. And, you know, I've got, they don't have any white hairs. So they're fresh and young. So if you need them to do something, hook them up. I'm old. I don't want to do that much. I want to kind of lay around and relax. But they've done an awesome job this week, uh, Friday and Saturday. I want to commend them. Thank you for it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your efforts. And thank you for, thank you all for coming out and supporting them and supporting me. It's just been a great weekend all together. Uh, just, just great. I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad that y'all were a part of it. So, so now I want to tell a little story about me when I was young, and and it's. The message is not about me, but we'll, we're just going to start there. If you want to title a message or anything like that, uh, God wants to, he wants our vision to change. So, so the uh, theme for this, for this weekend was it's time for a change. And, you know, uh, Apostle asked several times, you know, what would the theme be? What would the theme be? And I, I didn't, at that point, I wasn't sure, you know, and then she's, Asked one more time, and I said, well, time for a change, you know. And, and if y'all had something else, well, you should have said something first. <laughs> but so that's what God spoke to me, and that's what I want to talk about today. It's time for your vision to change. And, and I'll be talking about your natural eyesight and your spiritual eyesight in that. And so we all have both, you know, uh, it may, you may, uh, not use one as much as you do the other. All right, so I want to tell you a little story about me. 
when I was 17 years old, I joined the Army, the National Guard. Now, if, if you're sitting there thinking, no, nah, 17, well, my mother had to sign. So that puts me right up there with Captain America. I wanted to join the Army, and I, had, I couldn't. I couldn't. I needed my mama's permission. You know, he, he wanted to join the Army, and they just wouldn't let him. He had to sneak and get in. So if you, if you look at me, I'm not the lean, mean fighting machine that I used to be, but I'm right up there with Captain America. So take that. So, so, all right. So when I was in basic training, we went out one night, and we had this, you know, I'm, I'm young. I'm 17. I'm naive to a lot of things, and uh, so I'm just taking it in. And, and I'll tell you, I was a little bit different from a lot of people in the fact that I actually enjoyed basic training. Basic training was fun to me. Uh, didn't matter if you get in trouble or what. They, all they can do, make you do is push-ups, sit-ups, and all that stuff, and I didn't care. I'd do as many as I could, and then I'd just give out and go on with the rest of my day. I've kind of got the attitude, and I've had it my whole life, you know, you can make me, but you can't break me. I can, I can sit there, and I do whatever you tell me to do, and if I can't do it, I gave it my best. So that's kind of me. So I was 17. I was in the Army, and it was time to go on a night, night maneuver. So... We just, we all headed out, you know, we had your rucksacks on, you're walking a long ways, you can't see, then they take you off the road, because it's all fine and good when you're on the road, you know, you don't have to worry about tripping, anything like that. So, oh, a little side note, one time, when they want to give you a break, they try to make it like something, so they, I don't even remember what they hollered, but you got to get in the ditch and take cover, this is just a little side note. So, one time they hollered, and we all went in the ditch, and and so I'm just sitting there with my rucksack on, and I'm laying down, and all right, it's time to go. So then they say, it's time to go. Well, I had laid in the barbed wire fence, and I couldn't get up. So then I, got my ruck I had to get out of my rucksack and everything, and I had to, in the dark, figure out how to get that off there. It wasn't very fun. People was waiting on me and stuff. I'm like, sorry, dude. <laughs> so, so anyway, so <laughs> we kept on going. We made it to our objective, and then we... Uh, they let us know, hey, we're coming up on the objective, so I want you to be real, real quiet. So, okay, so we were all real, real quiet, as quiet as a bunch of guys coming through the woods and can't see, as quiet as we can be. <clears throat> so then we all get up and take our positions, and I'm just, now remember, I'm just 17, so I'm just sitting there. There's a guy on this side and a guy on that side, you know, so I'm just sitting there in the dark, and we're just waiting, you know, because there's a lot of people. And so the drill sergeant, I can see him down there, and he's kind of like going to each person. And I'm thinking, you know, I might as well go to sleep. It's going to be a while. So, you know, I just sat there. And I didn't go to sleep, but I waited. And finally, my drill sergeant said, hey, he came to us. Hey, there's, some, there's somebody right over there. Keep your eyes open. He didn't tell us somebody. I'm sorry. He said, there's something right over there. So keep your eyes open. So that's what we did. You know, we just kind of sat there. And we're watching, 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 watching. <clears throat> So, in the not too distant, you know, just a few minutes went by, and all of a sudden I see a red light way out over there. I'm like, what is that? And it, it was moving here and there, you know. It'd get bright, it'd get dim. And then another red light over here. What is pretty close. And I'm like, what is that? You know, it, it, it seems like a long ways away, long ways away. And uh, what, what is that? What could... So didn't really know what it was. So 
then all of a sudden, the, you know, the drill sergeant, they came and they gave us the order to move, and we're going towards those red lights. So I'm thinking, all right, we're fixing to go find out what this is. And it's like we, we left the trees. We were in the cover of the trees, and we were going to those lights, so we had to leave the cover. And we started walking across, and it's like it opened up. No more trees, no more anything like that. So then, all of a sudden, the shooting starts. We had then walked into an ambush, and we were in a big clear field. So we had to get down, and we had to low crawl. And this was our first live fire mission. Now, it was, it was scary because you can actually, they'll shoot tracers, what they call tracers, where you can see the bullets at nighttime, they light up, and they're going over your head. And so you're realizing, hey, if I stand up, I can actually really die. Now, I'm a 17-year-old kid, and I've been playing most of my life and still plan on playing a while. And this has done got real to me. If I, if I don't low crawl like they taught me to low crawl, I might just die right here. So, of course, you've got to keep your helmet in the mud and you've got to keep going. And so that's what we did. And we did it all the way across that field. And then we get over there to where the lights should have been. And there was nothing there. You know, we kind of forgot about the lights, actually. But, but in hindsight, there was nothing there. And I wasn't sure. I was like, hmm. So... So we make it, we finish our maneuver and we go back to the barracks and we take a nap. We'd stayed out till the sun came up, actually. And so then we went to the barracks and we took a nap and we got up the rest later that day and they carried us back to the same spot. And so what we saw was there was, of course, trees on each side in the open field. And this field was huge, it was big, long. You know, I, I can't tell you how far apart it was. But, and, and most people don't really, well, so what I realized was, and they told us, I didn't realize it, they told us, we were watching two people that had lit up a cigarette and were talking to each other. So the lights were, you know, they were reverse of each other. If this guy's lifting up his hand like this, you got a bow, and if this guy's doing it this side, it's going this way. And, of course, when they were talking, they're moving their hands and things like that. So, so in my natural eyes, I could see that way across the field, way, way, way. And I'm not talking about a little field. I'm not talking about a football field, two football fields. It was a long, long ways. And I looked up just out of curiosity how far we can see with our eyes because everybody says, you know, turkeys, they'll see you. Turkeys have the best eyes and all this. I don't know. But I think... They were saying that, like, if you go into, like, New York City or something, you can see the buildings from, like, 55 miles away. That's a long way, and I never thought about it like that. And if you've ever flown in a plane and you look down, you're way up in the air, but you can still see the squares of the ground and all that stuff. You can see all that stuff. So you can see very, very good with your natural eyes. But, of course, you know we're not here to talk about your natural eyes because you know how to use them. You know what they're about. You know what they'll do. You know don't go poke somebody in their eyes because it'll mess them up and they're liable to come try to fight you. It's just not funny. You know, the Three Stooges made it funny, but it's not really funny. You need your eyes. And so we want to talk to you today about your spiritual eyes. I wanna, we're going to go into that, your spiritual eyesight. And, and remember, it's, it's time for a change. So when you're what we're going to do is change from looking at your natural eyes, from seeing that red light, to going to your spiritual eyes. Because if you think about it, 
when you're, I'm not an apostle, but I'm married to one. And I can see her. I watch her do several things. And I've, I see things too, but she's th- she sees things a lot more than I do, a lot more often, a lot clearer, things like that. The same as I may see things a lot more often, a lot more clear to somebody that got saved yesterday. But we can all change. And there is a time when you've got to change, when you've got to start seeing it. Because the Bible says, let me find the scripture here. I got it. Uh, Luke 8, 17, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither, by any, neither anything hid that shall not be known to come up to light. So does that mean God is going to take everything and say, hey, Keely, this is what Kobe did yesterday. This is what he did the day before. This is what he did the day before. This is what he did two years ago. This is what he was doing in kindergarten. No, he's not going to do that because that doesn't matter. What he's going to do is going to lighten up things that matter to you, that matter to him, and things that he needs you to know that he wants you to know. And that's why you don't have to, if you see me doing wrong, you don't have to run and tell my wife because she's going to know. Her spiritual eyes are going to, you know, her eyesight, her her discernment, things like that are going to take over and you know, in time, God will reveal that. He'll expose me. She was talking about that this morning, that some things will get exposed if you don't put them under the blood. So that's where we're going to go today. We're going to go to your spiritual eyes. And it's, it's, just, uh, it's just a great thing. You know, it was, it's some things that you know and some things you don't know about how you can use them and what you need to use them for, things like that. So... Let me see where I'm at. All right. All right. So I'm going to briefly touch on this story because who knows spiritual eyesight? Where in the Bible was spiritual eyesight revealed? It's an easy one. Come on. Uh, All right. So Elijah's sitting there, and the king comes, and he surrounds the whole city, and then the servant wakes up, and then he says, hey, we're surrounded, you know, and God, or Elijah prays, hey, open his eyes that he can see what I can see. And then he prays for the servant, and his eyes are opened up, and he sees a great army, great and mighty, that's way more than what the king had brought. So Elijah wasn't scared because he had that spiritual eyesight, and the servant didn't, but he just, it was simple. He prayed for him, and then he saw it. So that's a story that we all know. So I said that really kind of briefly, really kind of fast, and because that's not where we're going today, because if... If I asked you that and you knew that, and then that would be your natural mind thinking of that, your natural eyes. And I don't want that. I want your spiritual eyes today. We want to flex those spiritual muscles. We want to flex your eyes. We want to put your spiritual glasses on so you can see where we're going. So that's why I'm not going to necessarily talk about that because you all know about that and you know what it is and you know how it came to be. So we're going to go somewhere else. And so in Acts 16, and we... In Acts 16, so Paul, him and some friends of his, they were going around doing good works, you know. And so uh, they were going to go to this city. Paul wanted to go to this city. Well, he had a, no, God says, no, don't go to this city. So he's like, okay, well, we'll go to this city, guys. No, we're not going to go to this city. So God gives him a vision and says, hey, I want you to go right here. So that's, you know, God... That's a spiritual insight, spiritual eyesight. He's coming in, and he's listening to what God is saying. God says, hey, I need you to do this. Can you do this for me? So Paul, being who he is, he says, well, sure, Lord. Let's go over here. So he goes to this city, 
And then as he gets there, there's this young girl, and you know, and Paul doesn't know these people. He's he wasn't planning going planning on going to this city. He was just planning on going where God leads him. So he goes to this city that he doesn't know anybody at. And then there's this young girl there, and she's like, Hey, this is Apostle Paul. He can lead you to salvation. He's a mighty man of God. He can do all these things. And she keeps doing this and keeps doing it. And so you would think Apostle Paul would be like, hey, they've done heard of me here. They know, what, they know what I can do. They know what I've come for. But, you know, and you think, oh, my goodness, this girl is kind of like John the Baptist. She's proclaiming the word of the Lord, the coming of the Lord. But that's not what's happening because this girl is like a, a soothsayer. Now, she comes and her, she's basically a slave to these people. And they come up and they make money from her telling the truth. And so Paul doesn't know this. So what does he have to do? He has to use his spiritual eyesight to discern this. And so when everybody else hears her saying, oh, he's a man of God, he's doing great things, he can lead you to salvation, when that's what everybody else is hearing, Paul's hearing, hey, this girl's not for you. So what does he do? He turns around and he says, get out. You know, he casts a demon out of her. And so that's where the spiritual eyesight comes in. Because if, by the natural eye, like I said, it all sounds good. But by the Spirit, God says, we don't want that in our corner. We don't need that. We can do without it. Because it's going to hinder your walk. It's going to hinder your platform. Because all these people are saying, well, if she's demonic and she's proclaiming you, then you'll be known as demonic. And that's not what we're about here. We're coming to this city to set the captives free in the name of the Lord, the Most High. And so that's what happens. He just takes her and he says, hey, come out, be gone. And he says, in Jesus' name. If you notice, Jesus never had to say in Jesus' name because he was Jesus. That's a little tip for you there. He just said, come out, and they came out. Everybody else is like, in Jesus' name. So, so that's what happened. That's what we're going to talk about today. The things that look good with the natural eyes, but they don't look good with the spiritual eyes. So, you know, and, and you don't get that. I'm... Cultivate it. Cultivate it. And how do you cultivate it? You spend time in the Word, spend time in prayer, spend time with the Lord. You can just cultivate it just like you do anything else. Those are the three main things, time and prayer in the Word and with the Lord. You can, you can build up any gift that you've got, those three. So I encourage you to do that. Man, I am flying through these notes. Y'all may make it out by lunch. All right. So on the flip side, the uh, in Jeremiah, I think, yeah, Jeremiah talks about the fire shut up in your bones, and you think, hey, has uh, if I see the three day meeting, let's talk about that for a second. The three mate three day meeting, we've got Col evangelist Colby preaching. We've got. Adam preaching, you know, great things. And y'all think, well, I've never heard these guys. What, what gives them the right to come up here and preach? What, you know, how did they get chosen? We've got Pastor Robert. We've got Pastor Dana. We've got Pastor Tim. We've got Bob. We've got Ernie. We've got all these people. We've got Prophet Allen. We've got all these people. We've got Elder Paul. All these people. And these people are new to the church. So, so how did they get up there into preaching a three-day revival? How did that happen? 
Somebody had to use their spiritual eyes and see. They had to see the gift in them. I did not know Adam could preach like he does, but I would go to the home group and he would be teaching over there sometimes. And I would always, you know, when you think you know something and then somebody pops out a little revelation on you and you're like, wow, so you think about that for three days? That's what would happen at every home group. I'd go over there and he'd start talking about a subject and I'd be like, I know, I know where we're going. I know what, I've heard this, you know. But then that revelation would come out and I'd be like, man, you know, I got to go home and rethink my thinking because that's not what I thought about this. It, what I thought was true, but there's more to it. You know, God peeled back another layer. So that's how he got there. And then Friday night we had Evangelist Colby. And I'm thinking, you know, how did Colby get up there? How did he pass all these people? And so, not pass, that's not the right word. How did he get chosen for today? And so I think, oh my goodness. So if, if you watch Colby, if you follow his life, you know that he's laid his life down for God. And he's, 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 uh, he's purposeful about what he does. He, he purposefully, I'm trying to pronounce my words right, he purposefully chooses to live for God. He purposely lays things down to the side for God. Now, if, if you watch Kobe's life, you'll notice that he's in the midst of a miracle, the same miracle that happened way back when, when Jesus fed so many with so little. Kobe, he gets fed spiritually and naturally, but it never runs out. It just keeps on coming. It keeps on getting fed. And so that he's in the midst of that miracle, and you're witness to it, and you're part of it. You help feed him. You help clothe him. You help... Uh, build him up you help pray with him you help encourage him hopefully you help encourage him so he's in the midst of the miracle and that's what apostle sees when she looks at Kobe I'm guessing you know I, I'm not speaking for her but that's what I see I see somebody who has given their all to the kingdom of God not to this church not to the apostle not to me but to the kingdom of God and if this is where he put him then that's where he's going and that's how that happens if he puts him in your life, that's where he's going. He's going in your life. And that's how that happens. So in the flip side, that fire is shut up in their bones like a burning fire, and they've got to get it out. So, But it wasn't the natural that saw these things. It wasn't the natural that put you here this weekend. It wasn't, it wasn't the fact that you mowed the yard. It wasn't the fact that you cleaned the gutters. It wasn't anything natural that you did. It was all spiritual. Hmm. But you know, God said it's time for a change in your lives, in all of our lives, and that's where we're going. He told Adam, it's time for a change in your life. He's told Kobe, it's time for a change in your life. It's time for you to, to rely on God more than to try to do it yourself. It's time for a change. You know, I go out and I work however many weeks hours a week I work and I come home and uh, is that what sustains me? Hmm. This church is what sustains me. These people, this God. It's because I get to worship with y'all every Sunday. Because, you know, I get to do things. I get to be in the presence. And not only do I get to be in the presence, I get to be in the presence with y'all. 
And that's a wonderful thing. It lets me know that I'm doing the right thing, that I'm not alone in this, that I can go further and further. And it's a wonderful place to be because I've got friends and friends and friends. You know, Demetria, she, she made a cloth for me the other day uh, for me and my wife, a little handkerchief thing. And it was just wonderful. And I thank you for that. And, and if you didn't know it, she's now a sniper in the Army. So I'll let you talk to her about that. She's a sniper. I never made it to sniper. I was just a regular old grunt walking around. But she's a sniper. I mean, thank you for that cloth. It, it means a lot to me. I enjoy it. This morning I had it, or yesterday. Yesterday I had it sitting up there on my desk. And it's, uh, I've got a figurine that Apostle gave me one time. And it stands up so high. So I've got it kind of draped off that so I can see the words on it. I like it. I have went way back and forth on my notes, so I'm trying to, trying to just get there. All righty. All right, so I, I just kind of skipped around, so I'm just going to kind of talk to you for a second about another one. And this is the main, this is the main scripture here. It's, and y'all all know it's when Jesus turns water into wine. It's the first miracle. It's no big uh, thing there. As far, well, I shouldn't say that. It's in the Bible, right? So it's a big thing, but it's common to a lot of people because they think, hey, yeah, I know Jesus turned water into wine. Uh, that was a miracle and all that stuff. And uh, I, they can tell you exactly what happened. You know, his mother came to him, and she said, hey, it's, you know, they're out of wine. And he says, woman, what's that got to do with me? They can tell you all that stuff. But if you start looking at that story with your spiritual eyes, then it, there's a little bit more to it. So first of all, <laughs> I was asking my well, let me go back. Let me go back. So, first of all, you have to understand Jesus was raised up in the natural, right? We know he's, that God came, the Holy Spirit came and hovered over Mary and she was impregnated and things like that. So, so then I was thinking, so how did Jesus get raised up? Because if Mary and Joseph knew that Jesus was the Son of God, not their true Son. And you knew, let's just say you, if you knew you had the Son of God living in your house, would you make him mow the yard? <laughs> would, you, would you let him get bullied at school? Would you make him do his homework if he had homework? You know, this is the Son of God. You would be putting pillows under his knees for him to bow. You'd have those rose petals throwing out everywhere. You'd be doing everything you could. Because nobody wants to spank baby Jesus. Because... Because you know if you spank baby Jesus in Revelation, you're fixing to get spanked. So, so you're going to try to treat him as best as you can. You know? So I'm, I'm thinking that Mary might have had some blinders on for her spiritual eyes through the whole time that he was growing up. Now she knew. I'm not saying she didn't realize what was happening. But I'm saying she still had to raise a son. And just like when uh, he stayed back for three days, you know, he had to go get him. You think he got in trouble? He probably did. But Jesus didn't sin. That's the thing. He got in trouble, but he was doing the will of his father. You know, he, he never sinned, but we didn't see that with our natural eyes. We saw this young man stayed back three days when we was gone. He could have been taken off in a van with some candy over the side. He could have been taken. But we didn't realize that he was seeing that he was doing the will of his father at the time. Now, we do because we can read the Bible. But she is having to get on to him. She's like, look, boy, if I tell you to come on, come on. It's time to go. I'm not, you know, I'm not waiting on 10 minutes on you to get in the carriage. 
it's time to go. So, so I'm thinking she had some kind of blinders on, you know, to the fact that she was housing the Son of God. Now, who, you know, you don't want to spank him. You don't want to give him the, I think my wife told a story one time. It wasn't in church, but she was telling us, you know, uh, they didn't have a lot of money, so their mother would cook things. And I, I believe the, your dad always got to eat first. Is that right? Yes, he got to eat first, then the kids got what was left. Now, if Jesus was your kid, who's going to eat first? You know. So, so Joseph's, Joseph's probably sitting over there, where do I fit in this story? You know, it's, where, I'm hungry. I'm helping raise him. You know, so anyway, I'm just saying all that to say that she had to have some kind of blinders on because she still had to raise up a child. Still, still had to, she had to feed him with that little baby spoon. She had to teach him which she was right and which she was left. She had to show him all this stuff because he was a kid and he was growing up. And she had to teach him about pimples later on in life because he was a, he was a human. He was just like me and you. And just all these things. She had to teach him about boys and girls. You know, stay away from this one. Look to this one. You know, what's a good quality? How does the marriage work? All these things. Now, and she's teaching him all this stuff. And he's probably just sitting there. Well, I understand what you're saying about marriage, but my father's going to have me do it a different way. He's going to have me wait on this bridegroom, and I'll come back at a certain time. He's got all these plans that he knows that he can't enlighten her to. And then, at the same time, you wonder, well, did Jesus know what was going on? Now, I can't prove that he did or didn't. I can just prove by the Scripture that he said it's not my time yet. Now, if Jesus tells you it's not his time, he's, he's got a few disciples here, so he's, his ministry's getting started. He hasn't done any miracles yet, but he says it's not my time. She's asking him to make to help at the wedding. Can you do something about this? We don't have any wine. He says it's not my time. Well, right then, God said it's time for a change because he didn't know ahead of time that this was his time. So Mary had to use her spiritual eyes to say, Hey, Jesus, this is your time right now. God has enlightened me to the fact that you're fixing to come out. You're fixing to start doing some works. You're fixing to have some miracles going on in this place. And he's like, no, I don't. he hadn't told me about it yet. Mm -mm. So, so then what has to happen in, in order for him to do some miracles? God has to say, wait a minute, Jesus, this is your time right here. This is where I want you to do. This is where I want you to come out. I want you to show the world who you are. I want you to start doing miracles. And so Jesus has to see that with his own eyes, and then he just starts doing miracles because he's going to do the will of his Father. He's already told us that. He's already, he knows he's come for a purpose because he's Jesus. He's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He knows what he's on earth for, but he did not know the time. And so God is telling us today that it's time for us to change. It's time for us to open our spiritual eyes and come into the lightning word of God for your life. Whether it's whether you're going to be an evangelist, whether you're going to be over 10,000 people at church or 200 people church or 50 people church, it doesn't matter. You're going to have to use your spiritual eyes to discern the things when they come at you and they say, hey, I think you're doing wonderful, all this thing. You're going to have to be able to discern, hey, are they with me or are they against me? You're going to have to be able to tell, is this God or is this not God? Am I doing the will of God? And that's where those prayer, 
time with God and read the Word, that's where those come in because you've got to cultivate that. You've got to understand, hey, is this really for me? Is this for me? Is it for me? Because God didn't tell me. So am I going to rely on Pastor Robert? Am I going to rely on the apostle? Or am I going to rely on the Spirit of God to move on me and to enlighten me? Now, there's nothing wrong with relying on them. But sometimes God's going to put it on you. And he's going to say, hey, let me tell you, because Mary knew before Jesus knew. And he's the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost. But she knew ahead of time. She said, hey, this is your time. And I mean, what can he say? He said, this wasn't my time. But, but you know what? He used a spiritual eyes. He discerned what she told him. She told him to do this. You know, they're out of wine. So what does he do? He says, it's not my time. But the next thing he does, he says, fill up these pots with water. He didn't wait. He went right then. And if you'll notice in Jesus' life, when he started doing miracles, he never waited on any miracle that he did. Not one. It always happened right then. Somebody comes to him for a need, right then. Now, if you come to me, and I'm going to use my spiritual eyes, well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go pray about it first. So, Because if you come to me and say, hey, I need $1,000 for the carpet, I'm going to come pray. So I'll be like, yeah, check with me next week. But Jesus always right then, it was time for a change in his life. He stopped waiting on him to grow into the, the Christ, and he started being the Christ. So right then, he made that spiritual connection, that spiritual change, and started looking at things as, hey, I'm the Christ. These things have to bow down to me. I'm the Christ. I don't have to. If I stay back three days, don't come to me because I'm doing my Father's will. He made that change. He started seeing things with his spiritual eyes. Now, I was going somewhere, and I lost it. But, uh, yeah. So... I lost it. But anyway, so he, he's always a right now God. That's where I was going. He's always right now. And does anybody know, that's another trick question, does anybody know a miracle that Jesus waited on? Because there's, there's one that might trick you, and I don't want you to answer it because it might trick you. So Lazarus, how long? He waited. He waited. But if you look, let me find this here. He did not wait. That is true. Well, yes. Uh, so if you, you look back, the scripture says, uh, verse 4, when Jesus heard that he was sick, what did he say? He, he, he solved it right then. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. So he knew ahead of time, and he told them, it's not unto death. So it didn't matter. After he said that, because he done came into the realization that he was Christ, and he was on time right then, he spoke those words and said, this man's not going to die. And so it was covered. All them days that he waited, it was covered. It didn't matter, because he had already spoke it. He said, hey, this man is not going to die. It's going to be for the glory of God. So when he did pass away, and he showed up, he knew what was going to happen. He's like, hey, raise up out of that grave because I'm my own time God and this is your time, Lazarus, so come forth. So what did Lazarus do? He came forth. And so it's all about the spiritualized. If everybody else was seeing Lazarus dead in the tomb, buried, wrapped, you know, smelling as they say, 
he, he was just done for. But Jesus had already spoken it, and he said, hey, don't worry about it. I'm Jesus. This is somebody that I love. You know, this is Mary's sister or brother. I love her. I love him. So don't worry about it. Lazarus. When I get there, I'll get there, and then you'll be whole. And so that's what happened. He made him whole. It didn't matter that he waited because he actually didn't wait because he spoke the words when he heard it. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Now, the same, the same is true. People didn't understand what he said. Just like when he was saying, I've got to go and I'll come back again. They didn't understand that at the time. And these people are, you know, when he gets there, they're like, oh, he's dead. He's dead. You waited. You know, why didn't you come on then? You know, I told you in time for you to get here, but you chose to go over there and do whatever. No, Jesus saw with his spiritual eyes. He knew what God's plan was. He knew where he was going. He knew what God wanted to do, and that's all that he wanted to do. He wanted to do what God wants in everybody's life. He wants to do what God wants in your life, in my life, in Pastor Dana's life, everybody. Nobody is, nobody is left out. Nobody is left out. And you can have the spiritual eyes to discern these things, and that's what God wants you to do today. He wants you to just give up looking, looking at everybody and saying, well, they've got short sleeves on today, and it's 30 degrees. I don't understand. Why are they telling me they're cold in the church? I don't understand. You know, I can look at that with my natural eyes and say, well, I know why they're cold, because it's 30 degrees out, and they've got short sleeves. But that's not what God says. It's not what God sees. He sees the heart. He sees everything else, everything that's going on, on in your life, and he understands. And he's trying to pull you up further and further and further. He's constantly working on us. He's constantly trying to improve us. And if we'll just let go and let God, then that's what will happen. We'll become improved. We'll get better. And we'll learn more. And we'll start focusing with our spiritual eyes. And we'll see the things. You know, Jesus saw a lot of things. And he's like, this is what my father wants to do. And we, didn't, we don't understand. But it's time for a change. It's time for us to start understanding. It's time for us to get there. And it's time for us to realize that God is changing us now you know we've we've all came through some things and we've all changed in the past but th we'll never stop changing you don't sh you shouldn't you should never stop changing you should never stop growing your eyesight should be getting better and better and better you should start pulling up to the church and, and just different things pop out at you you know you'd be like hey uh somebody's family member passed away let me go hug them today that doesn't take a lot of spiritual eyesight, but it probably hasn't happened a lot. You gotta, you gotta think with your spiritual eyes. You know, open them up and say, "Benny, I'm so sorry that your brother passed away." You know, I'm sorry because you think of it naturally, and it can pass by just like that. It's just a thought. But when God is involved, when God says, Benny, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 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 I did not know, then you can do something about it. You can take that thought and you can put it into action. You can go and hug him. You can say whatever it is you need to say, whatever it is he needs to hear because you're not saying anything that's going to comfort you because your brother didn't pass away. You're trying to comfort somebody else. And that's where the spiritual eyes come in. I'm not trying to take care of me with my eyes. I don't care if you poke these eyes out. I'm trying to care about my spiritual eyes. 
So I'm trying to grow them. I'm trying to get an understanding of what God is wanting me to see. If, if I look over, over here and this person in this section, and they're, they're just praising God, praising hallelujah and stuff, and, and then I say, well, they got a demon the way they're shouting. You know, uh, that's not right. That's not of God. Then I've got to go over there and do something about that because he didn't give me the spiritual eyesight just to see that, just to be a witness, just to, to look at them and talk about them. No, he wants them delivered. He's a right now God. That's why he showed it to me right now. There's nobody in this section. All you people on TV, there's nobody there. So that's why I can use that. But if I see that, if God enlightens me with that, then I've got to go take care of it. Now, do I go by myself? Do I take uh, Adam and Colby? Do I take Keeley and Peyton? Who do I take? Do I, it, God will enlighten you that. That's where that comes from. Cultivate it. Cultivate your eyesight. Use it. You might miss a few times, but it's all right. Use it. Because God wants you to, he wants you to start paying attention to him more and more. And we all do. And it, when I say this message, I know that we do. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. We wouldn't get up on Sunday morning, wouldn't put on your good clothes and your good shoes, wouldn't put on your makeup, curl your hair, all the stuff that you do. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't do that because you can just stay in, you know, it's a day off from work. I get to sleep today. That's what your natural mind is thinking. But when you come in to God's presence and you have praise and worship like we do, and it just brings you in there. We, we start out with prayer. At our church, let me tell you how it goes. We start out with prayer Sunday morning, 930, and we pray, you know. And some days we pray deep. Some days we prayed hard. Some days we pray light. Some days we sing. Some days we teach. But we're always trying to get further and further into the glory of God. That's the purpose of prayer, to find out what God wants to do and to connect with him for the day. And then we have praise and worship. And Pastor Dana comes up here, her and her team, and they just bring in, they sing and sing and sing, and the heavens come down. And it just, it's all there, you know, and you just, you can run and dance, you can just sway real slow, you can do whatever the Spirit is doing. It doesn't matter. And then that takes you on into the, uh, to the Word. And then, no, wait, then you go to the offering. And it's not just the offering. When people are seeing how beautiful your offering is, it's the peacocks and things like that. Because we've came in twice now. We've come up two levels to get to this point. That's why your offering is not just an offering in this church. That's why he sees things over your offering, and it goes and it goes. And he speaks a word over you, and you bring your offering. And that's why you get fruit from your offering, because it's not just an offering. God has given back to you. Okay, so then we go into the word, and, and Pastor Robert comes up and preaches and and gives you a great word, and then you're like, hey, that's awesome. I've got, I understand things a lot better now because you're constantly climbing each level, each level, each level. So the same thing is happening with your spiritual eyesight. He's taking you further and further and further because he wants you to go further and further and further because he, you can see further and further. He's not going to put out a golden pot right there and just keep you from it. No, he's going to let you, if he puts it there for you, you're going to get to go and touch it. You're going to get to run your hands in all that gold and stuff. He's not going to put anything out there that's not for you. Now, I say that. there's Right now in my life, I drive a Ford F-150. Now, I see all these uh, platinum editions and King Ranches and stuff like that, but that's not for me right now. Is it ever going to be? Doesn't matter to me. Because 
I look at that platinum edition with my spiritual eyes. You know, I, I go around the car lots and I look at cars all the time. And I like them and I enjoy them and things like that. But my spiritual eyes says, Pastor Tim, if you buy this, at this moment in your life, if you buy this truck for $70,000, then what do you get to do with the rest of the money? You're going to be in, in debt to this truck for four or five years, and you'll pay so much. So that takes money away from my kingdom. And so I have to look at that now because I've, I've evolved to that point. Now, does that mean I can't go buy a new truck? No, that's not what it means. It means don't take anything away from the kingdom of God. Now, if I had to make payments on a truck and it's, let's say it's 20000 it doesn't matter. That's okay. That's not what I'm saying. That's not my point. My point is only try to do what God has for you to do. Don't try to go past it. Don't try to stay down here. If God wants you to prosper, then go prosper. If he wants you to stay right where you're at, in the middle of the road, stay in the middle of the road. If he wants you to be right down here, then be right down here. But make sure whatever it is you're doing is what God told you to do. Because he'll, he will sustain you in that. And you, you can't realize that because other people are going to say, Hey, Pastor Robert, you shouldn't have retired. You had good years left. You're young. You're healthy. There's nothing wrong with your back. You could have stayed out there. Pastor Dana, she could have used some new flowers or some new trinkets in her house. It wouldn't have hurt you. You sat there most of the time anyway. Just kidding. He worked hard. I see him walking back and forth on that big winder, and it's not a short winder. But anyway, so whatever your eyesight is, go for that because God put it there before you. He wants you to see what he has for you. He wants you to see if you're a traveling man, if you're going to get somebody saved. He wants you to see if you need to be on the front row instead of the back row. He wants you to see these things because, you know, there's certain things that go on in this distance that are not going on in that distance. Now, I can say that today because my wife is sitting back there. And so, so you, can't, you can't say, well, he said I was wrong for sitting in the back. Nah, she's sitting back there. So it's your eyesight. And you can't see a lot of things in the spirit realm if you're concentrating on the natural realm. Close your eyes and focus on God. And so that, and then you'll become a now type person. And that's where the change comes in. And that's why it's a time for a change today. So God is just telling you, it's time for a change in your life. He wants you to change. He wants you to see with your spiritual eyes. So if I could just get Kobe and Adam to come up here and we're just going to pray over these spiritual eyesight things. I'm, I'm inviting them because they've been a part of this three-day community or revival. Just come on up here when you get a chance. I'm not going to move around a lot. So, But as we are up here, we're what you see with your natural eyes. These three guys preach for three days. But what I know with my spiritual eyes is that there's been intercessors up here praying all the time. There's been people fasting over this. There's been people practicing songs for three days. That, you know, they've been giving up their time. There's been people that have been in war over this. Not just regular prayer, but war. Should you have it? Should you not? Is there enough people coming? It doesn't matter. God says, I'm a right now God. 
and it's time for a change. And we're going to change the atmosphere here this weekend. We're going to have a three-day meeting, and I'm going to be there. And I'm going to show up each and every day, and I'm going to take charge of the atmosphere. And, and I'm going to take into your praise team, and I'm going to take them close to me, and I'm going to squeeze some worship out of them. I'm going to squeeze some praise out of them. I'm going to take those intercessors, and I'm going to put my, I'm going to just press them, press them till they pray, and pray a little bit louder, a little bit louder. I'm going to do what it takes to get this meeting in there. I'm going to do what it takes to get these people's lives changed, because I'm not having a three-day meeting just to have a three-day meeting. I'm going forth, and if you're going with me, then you better come on, because I'm a right now God. I'm not waiting anymore. I'm going, and I'm going and we're going to keep going under God. We're going to take hold of our lives and we're going to go forward. We're going to take hold of our eyes and we're going to cast off the blinders. We're going to take the scales off of our eyes. We are right now people because we're serving right now God. He's never late. He never delays. He's always on time. He's not going to rush you. He's not going to hold you back. He's going to be just right for you. He will be what you need. What you need is something different from what I need, but my God provides it all to each and every person. It doesn't matter if you're black or white, if you're big or tall, if your little toe pokes out to the left. He is your God, and He can do what you want Him to do, and He's right there for you. He's God. He's God to Adam just like He's God to me. He's God to Colby just like He's God to me. I don't have the same thing in my future that these two men have, but I know that it's great because we serve a great God. I know that my God is saying right now is my time. Right now is the Colby's time. Right now is Adam's time. Right now is Pastor Robert's time. Right now is Apostle Angie's time. Right now is Ernie's time. Right now is Bob's time. Right now is Rayshon's time. Right now is everybody's time that's in here. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's not my voice, but it's God's words that are coming out. Just listen to it. Open your eyes and see. Say, God, what do you have for me today, God? What am I supposed to be seeing that I'm missing? What can I do different with my children today, God? What can I do different, God? How can I get them to like me more? How can I get them to understand that this punishment is for their good, God? How can I get them to see, God? Show me the way, O oh Lord. Show me the way for this job, God. Show me what I can do to prosper in my job. Show me what I can do to prosper on the drums. Show me what I can do to prosper on the piano. Show me what I can do, God, that I can have an office 20 stories up, God. Oh, yes, God. Show me what I can do to make this money go further for your kingdom. Show me what we can do to pay off the carpet. Show me what we can do, God, for we know that you're right now, God. Yes, God, show us, God, show us, God. Yes, God, open our spiritual eyes. Open our spiritual eyes, God, that we can see you clear. We can see you more, and we can see you, oh, yes, God, more and more and more, God. We want to be with you today, Lord God. We want to be in your, oh, God, oh, yes, there's power in your surrender there's power when you surrender that part of your heart that you don't want that looks kind of ugly that you feel like you can't let anyone know there's power in that to overcome today is your day I hear someone has been struggling with depression we break that off of their minds right now in the name of Jesus you are worthy you are worthy of love 
You are worthy to be comforted. You are worthy to be heard. You are worthy to be seen. God is taking you further if you will just hit your knees and surrender and allow Him to do the good work inside your heart today. He's going to carry you to places your eyes have not seen yet. Your ears have not heard yet. He's going to take you to the heavens. He's going to carry you to people who need to hear your voice. The pain that you have endured, they're going to hear what you have in your testimony. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the power to change lives, to take us out of the depths of the hell and pull us into heavenly places. We thank you, Father, that you don't let one fall from your eyesight. Lord, you look at us with love and with the embrace and with peace, Lord, that is showering down from your Son who paid the price. And we thank you, Father, that we are living sacrifices for you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for your word, God. I thank you for your word from Pastor Tim, God, that I have spiritual eyes to see. I have spiritual eyes to see beyond what's in front of me, God. I have spiritual eyes to see the destiny, the purpose. I can go further in my relationship with you. I can go further in my ministry with you, God. I can turn my life to Jesus Christ and I can accept a call, God. I can accept something deeper than what the purpose the world has to offer for me. I thank you, Father, for spiritual eyes, God. I thank you for the vision, God. I thank you, Father, that I... That once before, God, I did it once before and it was anointed, God. But something got me out and made me quit. Something made me give up, God. And I didn't want to do it anymore, God. But now I got spiritualized, Father. I got healing taking place in my heart, God. And I can pick it up again. And I can go forward here with something new, God. It's not like it ever was before, God. It's something different. I thank you, God, that it's time to change. Jesus' name, amen. Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. We're going to try to do something a little different today. If you want a touch in your spiritual eyes, just come on down to the front. And I'm going to have Colby and Adam, if they would, to lay their hands on your eyes. And I'm going to be up here praying while they're down there praying for you. So if you want to go further in your spiritual eyesight, just come on down. You can leave your glasses at the altar or wherever you're at in your seats because we will be t putting hands on your eyes. So we don't want to smudge them. So, God, we just thank you, God. God, we just thank you. Yes, God, I thank you. Yes, God, we take the spiritual authority that you've given us, God, and we release it into the eyes of the people, God. Eyes of the ones coming to front, God. We take that. We take our hands and we put them on the eyes, God. Oh, that they can see further, God. That they can see clear. That they can see louder, God. Oh, that your, your voice resonates in their hands, God. And it comes out into the eyes of the people, Lord God. Oh, God, that they'll see that it's time for a change. It's time for a change in their lives. They'll start seeing it's time for the change in their family's life, God. Oh, God, things that they didn't understand will become clear, Lord Jesus. Yes, God, will become clear. And they'll take note, God. Things that they used to pass them by that they didn't even glance at, they'll start looking at today, God. 
Oh, Yes, God, it all has to do with you, God. You guiding our footsteps, God. You directing our paths, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, we want to go to the city that you want us to go to, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, we want to talk to the people that you want us to talk to, God. Oh, we want to take the jobs that you want us to take, Lord God. We want to marry the people that you want us to marry, God. Oh, Jesus, I thank you for this eyesight that's coming into the people, God. I thank you that you didn't leave us, God. Oh, wondering. and Oh, God, we, I thank you that you show us before you show the natural people, God. Oh, that they've got to wait and see, God. Oh, but we can look into the spirit realm. We can look into the kingdom of God and we can see it happening. Oh, God. Yes, God, we can see time. We can see time with our spiritual eyes. That's how Mary knew before Jesus. She used her spiritual eyes and it showed her it was time. She went forward in time and saw what Jesus was supposed to do at that moment. Something that he didn't even know. We can change it, God. Yes, God, I thank you for letting us see time, God. That's why... That's why some of your spiritual leaders can see things before you because they've gone ahead, they've gone in the Spirit, and they've watched over the earth, and they've seen things that God has showed them, and they can bring that back and apply it to their lives and to their churches and to their people, God. Yes, God, we thank you for that spiritual eyesight, God, where you can raise us up above everything in the earth, God, and we can look at it from a different vantage point, God. Oh, yes, God, where, where i got to look through the trees and through the houses and stuff here is at a level of eyesight. Oh, you can raise me up, and I can see it from a bird's eye view, and I can see more clear what's going on. I can lay out a plan. I can see the path that you have me going. I can see the obstacles that I need to prepare for. I can see the people. Yes, God, I can see them more clearly. Oh, when they bow to their knees, I know that they're hungry, God. I know the ones that are playing, God. And I, we can call them out on it, Lord Jesus. Yes, God. Salvation is nothing to play around with. So if I'm going to put my time into praying for you, I want to know that you really mean it. I'll do it over and over and over again. It doesn't matter how many times it takes, but I really want to know, are you trying to? Are you just playing? Are you up here eyeballing the offer while we're praying this? the sinner's prayer. I want to know what's going on, God. I want to protect your anointing, God. I want to protect your gifts, God. Oh, I want to use my spiritual eyesight to know what songs to sing in the worship, God. I want to use my spiritual eyesight to know what prayers need to be, what the prayer target needs to be for this week, Lord God. Yes, 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 God, yes, God, shake it, it's it, it's a mopa, ye kitty. What are the ramapa, ye kitty? Yes, God, yes, shake it, it's a ramapa, ye kitty. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. My God is right now, God. He's right now, God. If you're seeing it, it's for now. Oh, shake it, it's a ramapa, ye kitty. Oh, you're saying, how can it be for now? And I'm telling you, it's either for right now or it's for you to start making your plan right now. If he shows you something, it's for a purpose. Don't, don't look at it and put it to the shelf. Start acting on it right then. It may not happen this week or next week, but you've got to start the plan. That's why he showed it to you right now. Because he's not doing anything just to do it ahead of time. He's not trying to clear up his schedule for the weekend. He's showing it to you for a purpose. He wants you to know right now is the time you need to start planning. If I need to get to California and he tells me that, then I need to start getting there right now. I need to save up money. I need to gas up my car. I need to pack my bags. I may not be going right now, but I'm going to get there when he's timing says. 
Yes, but I've got to start right now. I've got to see with my spiritual eyes what it's going to take to get me to California. I've got to see with my spiritual eyes who I need to take to California with me. Do I need somebody to drive me? Do I need to drive myself? Do I need to stop in Oklahoma? Do I need to go by North Carolina before I go to California? God is going to tell you where to go and He's going to tell you what to do and it's a right now time. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.